0: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So, the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, (laughs) nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents.
1: everyone and welcome into Stack in the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh As always, we're recording on a Monday afternoon, so getting it going right at the beginning of the week. Uh, there's a good amount to get to, despite the fact that we're kind of in the lull of the NFL season. Look, I'm going to get to a few things that uh, I learned over the weekend about contracts that have been in the news We're also going to talk about Todd Gurley and his situation with his arthritic knee that now his trainer has confirmed that he has an arthritic knee. And then the Los Angeles Chargers, who always seem to kind of be a favorite going into the season. Some years it works out better than others. Recently, though, some of their players have started talking about uh, just how good they expect to be. And so we'll kind of hash out where we see them in the AFC hierarchy, in the NFL hierarchy for that matter. Uh, But certainly Melvin Gordon and Melvin Ingram both uh, believe that they are going to be Super Bowl champions at the end of the year, and they're not afraid to say it. So with that, uh, Hill, just thoughts in general right now at the midpoint of June on the NFL schedule.
0: We're almost to it, almost the beginning of the season. And uh, I guess this is – we can do the – memorial service for josh mccown he's not dead but his 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 career is over is that 10 teams he played for josh mccown my greatest josh mccown memory is he gave us what is probably one of the single greatest audio clips of all time when yeah when the cardinals knocked the vikings out of the playoffs well in week 17 ended their playoff hopes because i forget who it was was like david boston or somebody caught a pass yeah in the end zone. Something and it's terrible. just Paul Allen's that's already like, screaming, no, no. And it's like, oh, that was the greatest. <laughs> I remember listening to that on the radio on my Walkman when, when it happened. And I was like, good Lord. But that's the, uh, the lasting Josh McCown memory. He'd been in the league since 2002. Uh, it's incredible.
1: Uh, and he actually really did have a pretty good career. I know people always mm-hmm. look at him and say, well, he's a backup. Yeah, but he played for, what, 18, no, 16 years, was it? 16, 17 yeah. or something like that. I mean, he played forever. So, and I believe, by the way, if memory serves, it was Nate Poole who caught that touchdown Nate pass. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Vikings had a collapse <laughs> down the stretch. And the Cardinals, if they lost that game, would have had the number one pick in the draft. Yep. And they won. And you is know, that the they...
0: Larry Fitzgerald draft, 2003?
1: I think, I think so. I think so, because Bolden was on the team at that point. So oh, yeah. You might be right. So, if that's the case, it ended up working out okay for them. Um, but, yes, yeah, so that is one of the great calls of all time. Now, so this weekend... I was working on my column, stacking the box, the, the column version of, of this uh, vertical. And so, oh, actually, hey, before we hit any of this, big announcement, huge announcement. Stacking the box now has swag.
0: That's right.
1: So, if you go to <laughs> Fan Sided Swag Shop, and I would just encourage you, the easiest way to do this is just Google Stacking the Box Fan Sided Shop. It'll come right up for you, okay? You can get a sweatshirt, you can get a t-shirt, you can get a mug, and you can get the t-shirt and the sweatshirt in black, you can get it in gray, you can get it in white, and of course all different sizes. I already have my black one coming to me, the black sweatshirt, um, and I'll tell you right now, I'm paying for all my swag, so don't th- and, and, <laughs> and this is our podcast, so we're paying for it. Uh, don't feel bad doling out a few bucks, okay? It's, it's, it's worthwhile, uh, it's good stuff, it's high quality and you get to represent stack in the box so please go ahead and do that uh it'll make you look very cool and people will go up to you and go oh man it's the best podcast in the world you this guy knows you a lot about it. football that's, that's right
0: he's wearing the best best you, podcast in the game
1: you are ahead of the game you're ahead of the curve <laughs> you will look smarter and you will be smarter by wearing stack in the box gear so please go out and get it check out all of it at the fan side of swag shop so Sorry for that little PSA at the beginning, but we're excited because we've been working on that for a while. Shout out to our video editor, Hunter Armour, who really was spearheading that challenge and, and made it happen. So, back to stacking the Box of the Column, which I led with this week about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the story that came out about now, a week ago, that Jalen Ramsey was not going to get uh, a contract extension, even negotiated this offseason, And also that Yannick Ngakwe, who's in the last year of his very cheap rookie deal, is also not getting uh, where he wants to go. Now, they are negotiating an extension with him, but there hasn't been a whole lot of progress. And so, look, I talked to a lot of people around the league. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This week, a lot. Uh, Spent plenty of my Saturday on the phone with different people. Uh, ranging from execs in the league to agents and kind of tried to find out why is that the case. And we ended up touching on a whole lot of stuff from Jacksonville, which was the original idea, to Chris Jones in Kansas City, uh, to something I found out about Joey Bosa with the Chargers. So to get into it, look, there's this thought that Jalen Ramsey should be extended right now because he's a great player. And certainly he is a great player. That's not up for debate. I'm, I'm sure Jacksonville will tell you that. However, Jalen Ramsey has two years left on his rookie deal. He has his fourth year, which is this year, and then his fifth-year option next year, which it becomes more expensive, but still it's a bargain. A couple points were made to me around the league that I think are, are interesting and worthwhile. One is the current collective bargaining agreement was negotiated back in 2011. And since that time, which is when the rookie wage scale went into effect, Guys have not gotten their contracts renegotiated after three years on a rookie deal, especially guys who are, who are first-round picks who have five-year contracts and not four. Okay, The only exception for that are quarterbacks. We saw Carson Wentz recently get extended. Yep. We'll see this offseason Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, I'm sure, get extended. So quarterbacks are a different beast because their numbers just keep going up and up and up and up annually, and so you're better off extending a guy early. A guy like Jalen Ramsey... It was pointed out to me, look, look at Xavier Howard. Now, he had one year left on his rookie deal with Miami, five-year, $75 million contract. He is at the top of the mark right now in terms of average annual value and overall value for corners. But Tremaine Johnson, a year ago, signed that almost exact same contract. Now, he was a free agent, so he had a little more leverage. Howard, not as much as a rookie. But... Fifteen million, fifteen million. The cornerback market is not escalating the way other positions have escalated. So that's something to keep in mind. So if you're Jacksonville, you're looking at that. You're also looking at that Ramsey has two years of cheap control, and you're not willing to rip those years up. And so if you're going to do an extension with Ramsey, you're going to say, okay, look, we'll do an extension, but it's going to be you're going to work these two years first at the current rates, and Ramsey's not going to do that. His agent's not going to do that. They're going to want to say, no, 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 We're going to rip this thing up right now. We're going to start out now on a five-year, $80 million contract or whatever it is. Um, So I'll I'll let uh, you jump in. I don't want to just dominate the conversation, but kind of had to get all that out there first to get the ball rolling. That is the thought process around the NFL, and I find it interesting, especially based off of just the the length of these contracts and how much that factors in, not necessarily just the talent of the player.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've, Every offseason, we see these huge contracts get handed out. We try to equate them to NBA contracts or equate them to MLB contracts. And there's, you just can't. The way that the collective bargaining agreement is structured. And that's why I'm really interested in seeing what's going to happen with this potential lockout that we have coming up in a couple of years right. is are we going to find a way – are the players going to strike back? Like that's essentially – we thought it was going to happen, was 2011? 20, for, yeah, yeah yep, yep. The, the last lockout. It kind of happened with the basketball lockout when that happened right around that same time with the allure of all of the television money is coming to basketball. So you guys are going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And we had one big year of free agency with basketball, and that was it. Like most of those contracts were bad, anyways. So I'm interested in seeing what, the, what that's going to do in football. Are we going to see these, the Antonio Browns of the world? Are they going to, the yeah. Earl Thomases of the world who are fighting for? better pay, better contract situations with the players, Le'Veon Bell sitting out an entire year and then getting dogged because he earned less on his Jets contract than he maybe would have if he would have re-signed with the Steelers, even though we knew the Steelers damn well weren't going to give him. They weren't backing up the Brinks truck to keep Le'Veon Bell. That's just not how they operate. Are we going to start seeing players finally get contracts that they think are fair? Because that's essentially what this all is. Jalen Ramsey's like, you know, he's giving the old Goodfellas. F you pay me. Like, come on. And it's like, which, on the one hand, I am with Jalen Ramsey and the players because I think they need to get paid. But on the other hand, you know Patrick Mahomes deserves to get paid because I mean, he's the MVP. Sean Watson deserves to get paid because, as we illustrated last week, he's playing in the football equivalent of Berlin. Like he's on the wrong side of that wall. Like what was it East Germany? He's on the east yeah, side. he's on the east side of the wall with uh, good old Bill O'Brien. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, like he's a good cornerback, but it's been a little. Mi- it's been a minute since we've talked about how good he is. Football, you need to be at the forefront all the time. You need to be Aaron Rodgers, who has been good for the last decade. But then that dovetails into, do you need to be a generational talent to get paid? I don't think so. Do you need to be a generational talent to have a good contract or a fair contract? No, you don't. No,
1: and that's a good point, though, about Ramsey. I hadn't talked about him for a second because I had someone in the league flat out say to me, Xavier Howard right now, I think, is better than him, which surprised me, to be totally honest. I, I mean, I think Xavier Howard is a good player, but... The person I was talking to within the league said, I think Howard's better than him, uh, at least right now. And he said, look, Ramsey was the best corner of the game a year ago. Mm-hmm. This past year, thought his play dropped off a little bit and then cited pro football focus and said look, his, his number, his grade was down 19 points from a 91.6, I believe it was, to a 72.6. Mm-hmm. Now, look, you can parse all day long how much you believe in PFF and how much you put stock in that, but some some teams do, so it does matter. Uh, at least to an extent, depending upon what team you're you're talking about. And I'm not sure, to be upfront, how much Jacksonville puts stock into pro football focus mm-hmm. grades. Um, but that's just one thing to consider. <laughs> then you get to Ngakwe, who's on yep. Jacksonville. A lot of people listening to this podcast are probably like, who's Yannick Ngakwe? Because he's an underrated, under the radar star. Oh, yeah. He's 24 years old, he's been in the league three years, He's has 29 and a half sacks. Yannick Ngakwe can play. That's he's good. a really good player. He, now, he was the third-round pick, so he's on the last year of his four-year rookie deal, mm-hmm. and he held out of OTAs, held out of minicamps So the Jaguars, they take a hard-line stance with this stuff. They, you know, Shad Khan, the owner, they will levy the fine that they are allowed to, and they will stick to it. Mm-hmm. So Ngakwe is going to pay that fine, and it's uncertain right now, according to league sources, whether or not Ngakwe is going to show up to camp. There's, there's no indication yet either way. Um, I kind of did a, a player comparison, talked to some people again in the league, and there was a thought that maybe he's going to get a D Ford type of contract. Now, D Ford mm. got a five-year, eighty-seven million dollar deal from the Niners after being traded over there from the Chiefs. Ford and Gachway are similar players, at least in the eyes of a few different talent evaluators I spoke to, who said, "Look, they can both rush the passer. Both guys are a liability against the runs or liabilities against the run rather, and both guys no character concerns." Uh, now, keep in mind. Ford was on the tags. He had already played out his rookie deal. He has a lot more mm-hmm. leverage. He's already more expensive. So you'd say, well, then why would Ngakwe get as much? Here's why. In three years, Ngakwe had only one less sack than Ford did in five years. Ngakwe doesn't have any injury history and he's four years younger. Yep. The problem for Ngakwe, still on his rookie deal.
0: Mm-hmm. So he
1: doesn't have as much leverage. He plays this year out and he has another 10, 12 sacks. He's gonna get paid a heck of a lot more than D Ford. Okay. But for an idea we talked about the corners and how that market has stayed flat 15 million a year 15 million a year for the top guys i wrote it in my column two years ago melvin ingram signed for 66 million dollars over four years mm-hmm. think melvin ingram if he was a free agent right now would be signing for four years <laughs> and 66 million bucks he'd be looking for yep. the marcus lawrence money he'd be looking for frank clark money yep. 105 over five right so Just goes to show where this market's headed. But if Ngakwe wants to ensure generational wealth right now, it's going to to probably take a little bit less because he's still on that rookie deal. And and Jacksonville can play that out. They can tag him again. Whereas, obviously, in in the case of D Ford, that wasn't going to happen. Ford was already tagged and he was going to cash in one way or the other.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ngakwe is a guy that we talked about two years ago when we were saying that the Jaguars were going to have this top five defense. And Nobody, and even then, like, he was a big piece of that team. So if he hits the market, you don't even need to look outside of the state of Florida for somebody that will want to go get him. Like, if I'm Todd Bowles and I'm looking at Ngakwe's out on the market, I'm giving him $105 million, assuming that he goes off. Like, he, he continues on this trajectory that he seems to be on here. But this all goes back to, I wonder how this is all going to factor into the CBA because as much as we hate to talk about the logistics of all of that and it's not the X's and the O's, this is all going to factor into it. Like the cornerback market's staying flat, and it reminds me of the, uh, the conversation that has surprisingly died out given how active the, the voices are on social media about this type of thing. But the baseball thing where the executives pass around the WWE belt for suppressing yeah. players' salaries. That's great. Where'd that conversation go? But it reminds me of that a little bit where it's almost the competition is to keep the prices down, when you get an Ngakwe in here, who's a guy who's an anomaly, could break the system a little bit, this close to a potential lockout, I think you're going to be hearing his name a lot more than for just what he's doing with the sacks in the backfield.
1: Yeah, very good points. And and one other, well, actually two other things, but one thing I wanted to get to first, both of which now come out of the AC West, was uh, within these conversations, one thing I learned uh, that I guess I can break and I broke over the weekend was the Chargers – well, they love Joey Bosa, are not looking to extend him this offseason. They are not going to negotiate an extension. And that is, again, because they have two more years on a rookie deal. So they're going to play that out. Bosa's been terrific. He's had some injury concerns. Uh,
0: Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day 4, two eighteen 18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp. But I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't
1: just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. I, I don't think, you know, if you're a Chargers fan listening, don't get worried. I, I just think the Chargers are playing this out a little bit longer because they know they have the time and they have the control and they can wait it out. And I think if you're Joey Bosa, that's fine. You're coming off a season where we only played seven games. You can go out and dominate over a 16-game season, have 15 sacks, and now your number's even higher. The cap's only going up. It's not going down in the NFL. So it's not necessarily a bad thing for the player, but just don't expect for Bosa and the Chargers to come to terms on a contract extension this offseason. It's just a little early in the process. Look for that to play out. Uh, my last point from these conversations I had, and, and this point coming from a lot of conversations, uh, Chris Jones and the Chiefs it's been assumed that that contract extension was just going to get done. Well, it may, but it shouldn't be assumed. Uh, from talking to multiple uh, sources around the league, Chris Jones wants a contract very similar to what Frank Clark got. Okay, which again it was five and 105. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was 65 million guaranteed. My understanding is Chris Jones in the first three years of his contract, he's on the last year of a rookie deal. He's making 1.2 million this year. My understanding is that Jones's camp wants the last year of the contract ripped up and they wanna make 65 million guaranteed over the next three seasons within the framework of a deal very similar to Clark, which is to say five years and approximately 105 to 110 million. Mm -hmm. So the Chiefs are very hesitant to do this. From everything I understand, look they don't want to rip up the rookie deal because they're getting him for 1.2 million why would you pay him 20 if you don't have to right they could tag him next year the chiefs don't have a ton of free agents next year the only ones really of of major note are chris jones and tyree kill and hill's situation who knows yeah so there's some questions there the chiefs have been active in in extensions recently mitchell schwartz got an extra year on his deal harrison butker uh, Fan had broke that contract. Five years, $9 million plus guaranteed. Ian Rapport had the overall value at about $21 million. Um, and so the Chiefs could play it out with Jones. If they tag him twice and just have him this year at his number, it's about three years and $42 million. Beats having to pay $65 million over <laughs> yeah. three years, right? But if you're Jones, you're looking at that going, well, hey, Frank Clark hasn't played it down in Kansas City and he got $105 bucks. Mm-hmm. Where's my money? Yep. Difference? Clark played out his entire rookie deal was on the franchise tag. All comes back to leverage. Okay? And I'm not trying to make this into a business podcast, but hopefully everyone is learning something because I certainly did this weekend. I, I learned a lot. It was very interesting. But the Chiefs love Chris Jones. It's not about whether or not they want to keep him. They, they know how important he is. He's a tremendous asset. You're talking about a player who, frankly, last year I thought was the biggest all-pro snub in the league. Oh, yeah. He was a pro bowler. Uh, 15 and a half sacks from a guy who plays in the interior and played 60% of the snaps was ridiculous. But I I think look, if if he doesn't if his camp doesn't come off this idea for, that that they need to rip up his rookie deal, they're not getting no extension. Jones will get the franchise tag come February. That's gonna happen. Now again, things change, negotiations can take a turn. Uh, I think from my understanding Kansas City is willing to go a little bit more than that 3-42 and 42 that it would be through the two tags but they're not going to 65 you know, mm-hmm. maybe you split the difference you know, maybe you get around 50 something like that but if, if Jones' camp won't budge and says no it's got to be 365 and it's got to start right now I think you're looking at a situation where they play this thing out and it's a franchise tag and that gets precarious for, for both sides as to what ends up happening yeah
0: it does and it kind of leads into our next topic that we want to talk about because time is a flat circle and we always go back to the conversations that we have in the past this one specifically being running backs aren't that important um that's something that bruce arians actually said today when he's talking about the bucks he he said that he's not going to overpay the running back position and he specifically cited todd Gurley and david johnson Two different injuries, two different types of running backs, but both are very, very well paid, and neither of them are on, or one of them's on a winning team, but didn't factor into the winning too much. We didn't see a lot of Todd Gurley in the NFC Championship game. We were screaming that in the office. We were watching, where is Todd Gurley? And then we didn't see much of him in the Super Bowl either, in which the Rams didn't score a ton of points. This prolific offense goes flat. David Johnson, kind of the same thing, gets hurt, but he's not part of a winning team, but he's paid a lot of money in Arizona tied up with him. Todd Gurley his knee that is one of the biggest subplots of the offseason that is one of the most troubling subplots of the offseason because it says a lot about his future and it says a lot about the Rams future Sean McVay's future Jared Goff's future like what's what, what say you about Todd Gurley and this knee injury that is we we're watching in the Super Bowl and we're still talking about here so many months later Arthritis doesn't get
1: better. That's what I have nope. to say about that. And he, I know he's in his mid 20s. He's an athlete. That's all fine and well. Arthritis is arthritis. He's healing. Yep. Okay. I, don't, I mean, that that's worse to me than a torn ACL, than, you know, mm-hmm. maybe even a broken leg, because that stuff heals. You can mm-hmm. fix that. You're not fixing arthritis. So, it's that, <laughs> a major concern. I. If you're the Rams, do I think they're the best team in the division? Yeah. Because I don't think the division's any good. I think Mm -hmm. the Niners are maybe average if Garoppolo plays. The Cardinals stink. And Seattle, I respect, because of Wilson and Carroll, but every year they seem to lose eight more guys off that roster who are contributors. This year it was Baldwin and Earl Thomas. Mm -hmm. So, are they better than the Rams? No, probably not. What concerns me is... Everybody talks about how great of a coach McVay is. And And I like Sean McVay a lot. I think he's a very smart coach. But... If the Rams can't run the football, what is Jared Goff then? Scared. (laughs) I mean, because, look, let's let's be real about this. I like Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup as much as the next guy. None of those guys are Hall of Fame level talents. Mm -mm. That offense is based off a scheme, and and it certainly really hums when Goff's playing well and McVay just has just a streak going of quality calls. And, And you could say that about any offense to some degree, but... You look at a team like Kansas City or New Orleans, those teams have just Hall of Fame-level talent Mm -hmm. on the offense, whether it's Mahomes and Breeze or Michael Thomas or say what you want personally about him, Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Those teams, or when Brady and Gronk in their prime, and and Mm -hmm. Brady still, but Edelman, the Rams don't have anybody like that. The Rams don't have anybody in the passing game that you're like, well, that guy is just transcendent, and you're not going to stop that guy. So if Gurley can't run anymore, yeah, it's a major problem because guess what? If you don't have to stack the box to try to stop him and you can allocate resources and go, you know what, I don't care. He can't run anymore. We're going to put six in the box. Then all of a sudden the game changes. The early with the Rams, they lost John Sullivan. Mm-hmm. They lost Roger Saffold yep. off the line. Sullivan being the center, guard over for Saffold. Now, they like Notebloom a lot to, to be a replacement on the interior there. He's been a guy they've been kind of grooming. But still, these are veteran guys. These are mm-hmm. pro Bowl level guys who are gone. Gurley, you have no idea if he's ever going to be healthy again. His own trainer now says he has an arthritic knee. That's not great. I think the Rams might be a team that we're looking at at about a week eight and going, what is going on? Why is their offense fifteenth in the league, mm-hmm. and why is why is Goff completing sixty percent of his throws instead of sixty-seven? I have a feeling it's going to be because Gurley's knee is flaring up, and Goff is having a very hard time against boxes that aren't stacked.
0: Yeah, and I we went over records a couple of weeks ago, and I actually had the Rams and the Bears as my regression candidates. Everybody has the Bears, but because that makes sense, they've made a lot of changes on defense, and guess what? Didn't plug any of those holes. Real great job there. Um, but the Rams, they strike the Super Bowl hangover thing happens every single year to somebody. Happened to the Falcons. You could argue that they're still hungover from that. It's not
1: happening to <laughs> Noyne. So.
0: yeah, but it not. Yeah, it kind of happened to the Eagles that get back into the playoffs. Right. I mean, but yep. Nick Foles miraculously back in the fold with that. So it was a little weird thing there. But the Rams and the hangover from the Super Bowl it's all starting to make a little bit more sense or it's starting to become more of a possibility when you look at the things like Gurley in his knee, which right now, the arthritis, you're like, whatever. Like, sure, he'll be able to run on it. We, we haven't seen him not run. No, he's not. Then the, the loss is on the offensive line. These things matter. Sean McVay, like you said, he's an offensive genius. He's a guru, but I've said it and we've said it before. There's going to come a time when he gets figured out. Remember when John Gruden was the West Coast king of the NFL? Like, he's this guy who's got this innovative offense in Oakland, and the Buccaneers are trading for him so they can go to the Super Bowl. They're firing Dungy, they're firing a good head coach to trade for another good head coach. He got figured out. And, I mean, now we're, we're you know, 10 years down the road. Now he's really been figured <laughs> now out. Now he's basically – he is the Raiders logo, the crazed pirate who's just hopped up on something rum and all this kind of yes. – He's got the last batch. Yeah. But, but McVay's going to get figured out. I don't think it's going to be this year, but I agree with you. I think we might get to the middle of the season and say, what the hell is going on here? Like, I, and, and, like with uh, Garoppolo and Shanahan and things start happening in San Francisco, they may be in a dead heat for that division title – and we're going to sit there and say, how did this happen? Well, rewind to right now. All of the signs are here. Offensive line questions. There's no discernible weapon on offense. Yep. In the receiving game, I mean, Tyler Higby says hello. But <laughs> and then he says goodbye. He says just goodbye right away. So, but I'm, I'm with you. The Rams, I don't think that this is gonna, they're going to miss the playoffs. This is going to be a thing no. where all of a sudden we're, this is a total change. But the writing is on the wall for this not to go as swimmingly as people may assume just because McVeigh.
1: And McVeigh, one thing about him is they play eleven personnel the entire game, which is mm-hmm. if anyone who doesn't know, uh it's it's just three wide receivers and a back and a tight end. So uh they never come out of that. When you don't come out of that, it's very easy to say, Okay, well then guess what? We're gonna play this personnel package defensively now. You gotta be able to match up. And you've gotta be smart enough to be able to you know, do some different things. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, it's easy. If it was easy, McVay would be a terrible head coach. He's not. He's a very good head coach. Mm-hmm. Because they do a lot out of those, that formation. They, they've a mirth out of that uh, scheme. They, they do a million different things with formations and whatnot. But, yeah, the Rams have issues. And I don't know that Goff is that good of a quarterback without Todd Gurley. I, I think Goff – I don't think I he's don't bad. I just don't think he's an upper echelon guy. Like, for you, would you say Goff is a top 10 quarterback in the league?
0: I would have to think about it really hard, because you you have to go through the 10 quarterbacks who are better than him. I think you can do it. I guess the question is, would you rather have Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff without (sighs) Todd Gurley? They both will have played with C.J. Anderson, though, so...
1: That is true. (laughs) The great C.J. You know, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know, but I can tell you right now, I don't think Stafford's a top 10 quarterback. I'm pretty high on Stafford, so Mm -hmm. I... I don't know. I think Stafford's more physically gifted. I do think he's more prone to turnovers. The one thing we Goff that bothers me, and again, I always say this, and I know I probably have an implicit bias because I was at both these games, against the Bears and in the Super Bowl against New England, he looked terrified in mm-hmm. those games. And I mean terrified. Like, if you weren't at the Bears game, I'm telling you, I was up in the press box and watching that kid play quarterback, I'm getting old enough now, I guess I can call him a kid, <laughs> He looked horrified. He looked like he just wanted to get off the field and go home. And so, by the way, for me, is he a top 10 quarterback? Just to answer my own question, to be lame like that, I mean, he's not Mahomes or Brady. He's Mm-mm. not Breeze. He's not Rivers. He's not, he's not Luck he's not or Rogers. Wilson or Rogers. So that's seven. Uh, I mean, you go past that. Matt Ryan. I would take Matt Ryan over him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Roethlisberger. I think, yep. I would you think take Cam
0: Newton over him? I would. I would take Cam Newton over Jared. That's Goff.
1: close. I wouldn't. But
0: I don't I, think I don't think Cam Newton's a top ten quarterback either. I so. wouldn't.
1: I'll tell you right now. I take Mayfield over.
0: Ooh, good call.
1: I take Mayfield. That's ten for me. And then if Wentz is healthy, I take Wentz. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stafford is arguable. Newton for me certainly arguable. Uh, you know. Joe Flacco, inarguable. Um, you know, but you go down the list. I think Goff's probably somewhere around. And Deshaun Watson's another guy. I, oh, I'd yeah. say is right. I'd probably take Watson. I think if Watson wasn't, wasn't being coached by, by just an absolute sideshow of a situation in Houston. Uh. I think He's one guy. I actually feel bad for Deshaun Watson. We don't have to get into this because we talked about this last week. Oh. If you took Deshaun Watson and gave him an actual head coach and an offensive line, Deshaun Watson would be a top-six quarterback. In the but he has a terrible offensive line and he has Bill O'Brien. So, it is what it is. Um, all right. So, let's, let's stay in Los Angeles. Because mm-hmm. it teased us at the beginning of the podcast. The Chargers. Yep. 12-14 and 14 last year. Had some quality wins down the stretch. Beat Kansas City and Arrowhead. the game I, I don't ever want to talk about again. Uh, we were both there. We were there. Um,
0: I had to hold you back from jumping off the yeah, upper deck. The best was
1: the guy <laughs> behind us. So, I can't repeat what he was saying. He was about a 20-year-old Chiefs fan. And he, he was schnockered, to say the least. But just... In his seat, there's nobody else in this 80,000-seat stadium, and he's sitting in the seat just screaming expletives at players who have long gone into the tunnel. So that was a good time on both teams. Um, all right, but the Chargers 12-4 and last year, finished second in the division. They lost tiebreaker to the Chiefs, but they beat Pittsburgh on the road last year. They beat mm-hmm. Kansas City on the road. They beat Seattle on the road. Yeah. They beat Baltimore on the road in the playoffs after they lost to them really cost them the division week 16. Uh, and then they went up to New England, and a lot of people, including myself, thought the Chargers were going to win the game. That did not happen. Uh, that no. that game was over at the Anthem.
0: <laughs> so, How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good.
1: Flash forward to this year, the roster's not changed a ton. They, they do add uh, a couple of rookies that might make an impact. And Jerry Tillery, the, mm-hmm. the, the uh, defensive tackle out of Notre Dame. Nasser Adley, safety from Delaware. Some people thought it'd be a first-round pick. They lost Tyrell Williams uh, to free agency with the Raiders signing yep. him. But by and large, pretty similar team coming back. Melvin Gordon says, we're the team to beat in the West. Melvin Ingram says, the hell with being just the best team in the West. We're going to win the Super Bowl this year. What are your immediate reactions to what Gordon and Ingram have to say, along with just general thoughts here on the Chargers?
0: Um, well, I can't describe how much I wanted to fall out of my chair laughing at that, winning the Super Bowl, um, which is actually unfortunate. It's a little tragic because you listed off all those accomplishments that the Chargers did last year. And every single thing that you said, my immediate thought was, man, that was their window. Ah, that was their window. And it really was. Like, because when you look at what the rest of the AFC looks like now, Brady, as we saw last year, still, the Patriots, they're still better than the Chargers. As good as the Chargers yeah. were last year, everything you said, everything that we watched, we were very high on them, too. We both said repeatedly, if they get into the playoffs, they are a true wild card. You don't know what they are going to be. They very well I, could yes. go Absolutely. into Kansas City or into New England and win. They didn't. But Mahomes is here now. Brady is still better. He's still king until we hear otherwise or until somebody proves that he's not. Uh, Who knows what Roethlisberger and the Steelers backed into a corner are going to be like in what could be the very last year of the Tomlin-Roethlisberger era in in Pittsburgh. Andrew Luck and and Frank Reich in Indianapolis, completely different than it was a couple of years ago. So, I and then you also have to factor in, every single year people pick the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl. And every single year, except last year, injuries derailed them. And they had injuries last year. Bosa didn't play for a while. I think Ingram was hurt for a little bit. And Gordon was hurt for a Gordon month. Was they hurt for a they month. were
1: healthy coming the playoffs. I mean, even Hunter Henry actually came back. Yeah.
0: So and that. So even the thing that always derailed the Chargers didn't get in their way last year, which just to me says that was their shot, and they're not going to get another one. The window is closed. The eye of the storm is closed up, and it's just downpouring shame and depression on everybody in Carson City or wherever the hell they play right now. Yeah, uh,
1: look, I have a little bit of a different opinion on them. I, I actually think top to bottom they have the best roster in football. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean I think they're the best team. Mm-hmm. And they are kind of the hype media darlings every year. Every it's year. kind of like Houston was when they had Matt Job and Aaron Foster and every year. You'd pick up a new, you know, something on a newsstand and some preview magazine, but just Texans year, and then they'd get to the divisional round, Shaab would just get blasted out of there by Brady or whoever they were playing. Just have to
0: take a moment to appreciate that statement. Back when the Texans had Matt Schaub and Arian yeah, Foster, they weren't Super Bowl were. favorites. It was I know they were. That's just and, an and incredible they, statement. Like Gary
1: Kubiak was yeah. the coach. It was insane. And every God. year, every year. And by the way, they were in a division with Peyton Manning and the Colts. And every single year. Houston's gonna win. Houston's gonna win. Houston, and then of course the one it just it completely <laughs> fell apart. And, and, and Kubiak, poor guy, is a heart attack on the sideline. You got chops throwing pick sixes every play. It was and now
0: crazy. you got Bill O'Brien. That paved the way for Bill O'Brien.
1: That did. That's what happened. <laughs> um, but no, look, I, I think the Chargers, top to bottom, are the most talented team in the league. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with the Chargers is, is twofold. One is. Rivers is to the point now, and he's still a terrific player, he's 38 years old. Yeah. Like, at some point here, the wheels are coming off, and the deep ball with him is not what the deep ball used to be. So they're a little bit different. The early with Rivers, I think he's terrific. I think he's a Hall of Fame-level player. But you can rattle Rivers. There are games yep. when if you hit him early and he and things don't go their way – you can just see it with him. It just it comes off the rails and we saw that in New England last mm-hmm. year. So that would be one thing with them. The other thing is I don't know like Keenan Allen gets hurt about every other year. He's he's had a torn ACL, he yep. had the last rate of kidney missed half the season. If he gets hurt for any real length of time this year, who are their receivers? I'm sorry. Look Mike Williams, that's all fine and good Mike Williams is not number one receiver, at least never proved to be. Nope. Hunter Henry, I, I think Hunter Henry's talented, but he's, he's never done anything. He's coming off a torn ACL. His rookie year was promising, but it wasn't spectacular. Uh, you know, I like their backs a lot. They have a very deep backfield. Austin Eckler, I think, is underrated. Their offensive line is not great. The point is, I think the Chargers are a very good team because they're well-rounded. But I don't look at the Chargers and say, well, that one part of them is great. Yeah. I think it's maybe the secondary because Desmond King's underrated. Casey Hayward is a little older. Thurman James is phenomenal. But there's nothing. They don't have a great defense. Mm -mm. They don't have a great offense. They're probably very good in both categories. But New England, because of Brady and Belichick, that that nucleus is great. They are smarter than any team in the NFL. The talent level on that team is probably not even top 10 anymore. Mm. But they're so smart that they make up for it. Kansas City's defense, you look at the additions, maybe it's average, maybe not even, maybe slightly below average, but the offense is great. Yep. And to me, and I still look at it this way, New England and Kansas City have gears because of those parts of their team and their part, the parts of their roster, they have gears that they can get to that I don't know that the Chargers can get to, and you saw that in the playoffs last yep. year. The Chargers started getting blown out by New England and that thing just, it just went. Kansas City, when they played New England, New England had a a fast start against Kansas City. But then the Chiefs got right and started to figure it out and that game turned into a classic. I mean, it was just a back and forth. I think if you're Melvin Ingram and you're Melvin Gordon, you have to feel that way. Well, yeah. I also think that you've never done anything to prove that you're the best team in the division, or you're the best team in the NFL.
0: Mm-mm. No. Also, if uh, Keenan Allen gets hurt, it's Mike Williams. Travis Benjamin's
1: there. Yeah, he's done nothing for. And then three it's the years. Dylan
0: Cantrell show.
1: Don't even know who that is.
0: <laughs> right? Like that, and that's the. Point. But that's the point, yeah. But
1: like, if you look, you have you have Keenan Allen up right now in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, like, how many games has he played year over year in his career? Not many. I'd have
0: to go through and count. But I mean, he's, he's been no, in the league for seven years. Okay. And I forgot. You mentioned Keenan Allen. I was like, oh, that's right. They have Keenan Allen. And that's the thing. Like, name a star receiver, a number one receiver on an NFL team that thinks it's going to the Super Bowl that you forget about. You're not forgetting about Julio Jones. The Steelers didn't even forget about Antonio Brown. Like, so... How could you? You never stop talking. That's very true. But, like, when you're, then you're starting having that conversation with... Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans. Yeah, he's not on that level, but he's he the know. next level. Yeah.
1: yeah he's, he's a great player. My, my thing with the Chargers, again, though, I just the other, the other thing I will say, I'm a big guy. I'm a big believer in like head coach and quarterback combinations. Mm-hmm. Those combinations, you rank them, and I'll show you pretty much how the standings are going to play out in the NFL. When I look at the Chargers... Philip Rivers, terrific. Anthony Lynn, I think he's a good head coach. It's not Reed Mahomes. It's not Brady Belichick. Nope. It's not even Tomlin and Roethlisberger. And it might not be Reich and Frank Luck, or Frank Locke. Combined, them, apparently. <laughs> Andrew Locke and Frank Wright. So, it's just, when you look at the Chargers, in my opinion, I think they're very good. And I think on any given day, they can beat anybody anywhere. But everybody keeps waiting for this breakout. Rivers is 37 going on 38 years old. <laughs> like, he's not breaking out. This is what he is. This is who they are as a team. And every year the Chargers get this hype and then they lose games they shouldn't lose. And they end up falling apart. I mean, last year, week one, they opened at home against Kansas City. There's your opportunity. Mahomes is playing in his second ever career game. You're at home. You've had all year to game plan. You get blown out. Now they did come back and beat Kansas City at Arrowhead. And then the next week at home went and lost to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you just, when you're a great team, you don't lose at home to the Ravens. You just, look, I don't even care if it's ugly, but you win the game. Yeah. You find a way to win the game. The Chargers just went and immediately blew the advantage that they had by losing you know, that game. So I think they're good. Where would you put them in the AFC?
0: The Chargers? Um,. Well, they're not above the Patriots and not above the Chiefs in my mind. I mean, they're a default three to me.
1: I agree. I think so. They are. Because
0: I, it, all of the things that I said about them negatively is true, but they're still that wild card where if, like last year, if everything lines up, you don't know what to. You don't know what you're going to get out of them. Nope. Even going into Foxborough, it's like, okay, fine, they got blown out, but what happens if they go in again? Just like, right, they could they, bounce back. One the they game. lose to Baltimore during the regular season, then they go to Baltimore in the playoffs and they win. So I don't. It's by the way, with Keenan Allen, he's played 70 games in his career in seven seasons. In seven seasons, he played 33 games in college for in three years of college. So.
1: So he was actually fairly healthy in college. He's a few 11 game regular seasons. But you compare,
0: yeah, I compare that to his seven year NFL career. But in he the did NFL, play, he's been banged up. 16 games the last two years. So to his credit, but the one game in 2016, eight in 2015, 14, 15. So he's, he's not going to play. Now, now the question well, is, is he going to play three straight full seasons?
1: Well, last year he did play in 16 games, but at the end of the year he was all kinds of banged up. Yep. He had the hip. He was, he was playing very limited snaps toward the end of the season. And look, again, I think the Chargers are a very good football team. I just don't get this fervor that mm-hmm. everywhere I read, and, and not just from what the players have said, but I've read so many different pieces. That, well, the Chargers are a team to beat the AFC. And like, did New England die? What, what happened to New England? I, I, look, forget even Kansas City for a second. New England's gotta be sitting here going, Yeah, hi, we went to the last three Super Bowls <laughs> yes. and we beat the Chargers like they were Vanderbilt in the playoffs last year. Like, what what are you talking about? I don't understand. Well, first of all, right now, look, I pick Kansas City to go to Super Bowl win this year. It's the first time I've ever done it because frankly I can't deal with the expectation. <laughs> but I picked the Chiefs because I genuinely believe with Mahomes and everything else, that team's healthy, I think they're the best team in football. Yeah. I don't think that's an outrageous take. But until somebody beats New England that team is the team to beat now, mm-hmm. just, you could sit there all day long and talk about which roster's better which team's better positioned the one thing too that the Pats have an advance with and it's just a, it's the way it is they have three teams in that division that compared to them are tomato cans Kansas City and the Chargers now they do have two tomato cans in Oakland and Denver but those two teams are going to see each other twice they're going to beat the hell out of each other in those two games Yeah. so Look, if you're the Chargers, you want to be the best in the West, you know what you're probably going to have to do? You're probably going to sweep Kansas City. You have to win in Mexico because the NFL screwed them big time, put that home game in Mexico, yeah. which is ridiculous. And then week 17 at Arrowhead. You have to beat them week 17 with everything potentially on the line, which I guarantee you, if that's everything on the line, that's a Sunday night game. The incredible thing about that, that could be you're either the one cheat or you're the five little bit of a difference heads
0: up (laughs) you're either on the
1: road next week or you have home field advance throughout the entirety of the playoffs but i think the Chargers are terrific i think they're one of the top five teams in the nfl i think they happen to be in the wrong division Mm -hmm. and and i think but i do think the hype train is a little bit out of control let's just pump the brakes a little bit here they've literally with this team they've never won anything they've not won a division title this this decade somebody i wish i want to give them credit I saw it. It was a, just a, it was a fan on, on Twitter responding to a poll or something. And they're like, Matt Castle has more division titles this decade than Philip Rivers does.
0: Oh, no. And
1: I thought about that. I was like, is that true? It, it, it is true. One to nothing. I couldn't Holy believe it, but cow. it is true. So, like, and that's, again, I'm not knocking the daylights out of the Chargers. I'm just saying let's just calm down a little bit with how unstoppable the Chargers are. Because we seem to go through these histrionics every single offseason – and then the game, so I, I saw some of these. I think it was a, this over at CBS Sports, and it was, I believe Will Brenton, who does a great job, and it actually made me laugh because he's he's picking the Chargers in the division, which is fine, but he said the early part of their schedule is easy. I think they have the Colts at home, the Texans at home, the Dolphins on the road, and somebody else, made Denver on the road. And he's like, they should they should be four and zero, but I could also see them being one and three. And it's like that's the Chargers in a nutshell. Like, yep. you would not say about New England, oh, like they'd you. just be four and zero. Kansas City would probably just be 4-0. With the Chargers, yeah, they could be 4-0. They could also lose to Miami on the road, and this thing could be 1-3, and Anthony Lynn could be on the hot seat because you just never know what's coming. But I find it interesting. I, I like the swagger out of the Chargers. You've got to have that. Oh, yeah. But on the flip side, I kind of want to see them do something in the big spot before you know, they start raising that banner in front of all 28 fans in Carson.
0: <laughs> yeah, 28. That's being pretty generous. Uh, Some road fans. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, no. Well, my last point on this is like, again, like last year, it just seemed like that was the window. Everything was lining up for the Philip. I mean, we just saw it in the NBA playoffs just now with Kawhi Leonard going off and solidifying his legacy. He's not a storyline heading into the into the the basketball postseason. We're talking about the Sixers and the Warriors, and where's LeBron? Yep. And by the end of it, as it progressed, we started realizing that oh my God, Kawhi's as special as we remember, if not more. And that reminded me of the Kansas City game and then the Pittsburgh game where Phil, we're like, man, Philip Rivers, is this a Phillip Rivers moment? Like he's there, he actually smiled, that creepy-ass smile that he had. He was gifted, he was memed. We were like, this is a Phillip Rivers moment. This is it. The narrative has arrived. He's finally going to get to his Super Bowl that he should have gone to in the 14-2 and two season. Yep. Didn't happen. So, And I'd, I'd like to see it happen because, I mean, We write this for a living, so we love the story. We love the narrative, even if you're a Chiefs fan uh, and wouldn't want to see Philip Rivers do this. The the narrative was there last year. I just feel like that was the moment, and that's really How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Fortunate. And there's, there's no X's and O's in that other than a gut feeling. But that's just... And it sucks.
1: Look, I've never hidden it. I, I am a Kansas City fan. <laughs> I, I want to see them win for once in my lifetime. But I will say I'd be happy for Philip Rivers. Yep. He's had a great career. And there's a lot of really good players on that team. That, Last that thing, puts
0: the... That was, oh, not to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. That puts the cherry on top of the Hall of Fame conversation yes, too. Yes, so he'd be easily a Hall of Fame. Easily. No
1: question. I'll, I'll leave it at this. The Chargers... Just keep this in mind. They have a lot of guys that either next year or the year after are free agents, and they include Phillip Rivers, who's up after this year. Mm. Melvin Gordon is up after this year. Austin Eckler is up, I believe, after next year. He's a restricted free agent this year. The entire starting five of the offensive line, they're all free agents within the next two years. Desmond King, he's an all-pro now slot corner. He's up after uh, next season. Keenan Allen, next season Joey Bosa has two more years on his deal. Uh, Melvin Ingram, same. Like, You've got Rivers turned 38 years old in December. It's right now. Yeah. It is right now. You're not going to win. Hunter Henry's up after this year as well. It is right now. The Chargers can't wait. Look, this isn't, frankly, not to go back to them, but this isn't Kansas City or even like in Indianapolis where you go, look, yeah. you know what? They got a decade. Mm hmm. You don't have a decade. You got like two years. Like if Kansas City doesn't win this year, like, you got Mahomes, you've got twelve other chances in all likelihood. You have Rivers look, if Rivers retires and Geno Smith comes walking through that door, oh, okay. No. I only use him because he was a backup there at one point. It's over. Is it, who is there? Oh, Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, yeah. It's actually one of the better backups in the league. But let's you don't win the championship with Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. Okay? That, yeah, sure, they could get lucky and they could draft like the, the Packers didn't go from far after Rodgers. but in reality you're probably getting like a Joe Flacco-esque replacement and then you're just going to try to bridge the gap and you have all these guys coming up against the Caps. so it's now or never for the Chargers whereas some of these other teams the Chargers in the patch is right now yep Kansas City Cleveland Indianapolis I, I mean the Jets to a much lesser extent Donald, they have time mm-hmm. they, have the, they have the luxury of time the Chargers are out of time it is right now speaking of right now fansided sided <laughs> Always, always happy to be partnering on this podcast with Fanatics. And of course, you can go to fanside.fanatics.com, save 20% on shipping when you use the code word FANSIDED. And of course, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I say it every week, you can get all the latest gear, uh, hats, shirts, jerseys, you name it, Fanatics has it. So go ahead and check them out and remember to use the word FANSIDED as your code for 20% off on your shipping. Uh, beyond that, I want to thank everybody as always for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Stacking the Box, where these podcasts always go up. Please check out my columns; goes up Mondays, six o'clock Eastern on Fan Side. It's up all throughout the day. I tweet it out. You can follow me at Matt Verdun. You can follow Hill at J D A V Hill. Uh, so please go ahead and do that. And by all means, shoot us a question. Shoot us uh, any kind of comments. I, like, you know, we hear from you guys sometimes. It's always nice to hear even more um don't be afraid to reach out if you have a question you want us to answer we're more than happy to do so i have a mailbag that i do now on Fridays. you want me to answer something anything ranging from training camp to my favorite color of m M&M, and i'm here I'm, I'm ask him band.
0: about the knicks please don't, god ask him about the knicks
1: i want to talk about <laughs> yes. that that team is a mess kevin durant you know everybody's like oh the warriors lost the knicks lost the nba finals but that, that's neither here nor
0: there. And I did I see a great tweet about that. It was uh, somebody tweeted out, uh, "R.I.P. Rest in peace, my sweet princes." And it was, oh yeah, it was all Anthony Davis, and Zion, and Kyrie. And Nick well, you know, th- I think
1: it was in the New York Post. They have great headlines, and they put out after Game Five when Durant went down. And I admit, maybe a little tasteless, but they, they put you know Knicks lose Game Five. People were just <laughs> outraged. And so if you're a Nick fan, yeah, that's how you feel. <laughs> like yes, it is. I'm sorry. It is not not to disrespect anybody, and you feel terrible for KD. But yeah, that's how you feel. Um, but yeah, don't ask me about that next. Um, but in any event thank you so much for listening to the podcast we will be back again next week tackle a whole new set of topics uh, but again, follow us on Twitter subscribe on iTunes, give us a like, giving us a rating really, really appreciate it Josh Hill, I am Matt Verteram I'll talk to you again next week
0: Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra